It's Gucci. What's happening, y'all? Welcome back, gang. This is the Grits and Eggs podcast, episode five, coming to you live from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm your host, Deontay Kyle. As I say all the time, email me, Grits and Eggs Pod. I'll even do, I, I've been thinking about this too. Um, if you got like, if you like a up and coming artist or you just a black business owner and you got a product, I will promote your shit on the pod. Now, I know I ain't the biggest podcast in the world, but you know, I got some eyes on me. I got some ears on me. You fuck with me, you know what I'm saying? Rank number 59 in entertainment news, entertainment news. Yeah, that's what it is. On Apple Podcasts, rank number 59. Four episodes in. I mean, there's a lot of fucking entertainment news podcasts out there. Which means y'all showing me love, so... Big thanks to y'all. All love goes to y'all. But yeah, if you got a song, um, what I'm going to start doing is playing it at the end. With the credits, where I tell people to like, subscribe, and everything like that. If you got a business... Um... I'll promote it somewhere in the middle. We'll do it like advertisements and shit like that. Um, so, yeah, email me, gridsandexpod.com. you probably see it right here somewhere. And, uh, yeah, this is episode five. Deontay Kyle, Gris and Eggs, official podcast of people who are married but won't give their wife their last name because they can't afford to buy groceries out the store without the EBT. That's a fact. That's a fact. Up here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, bro, um, I was in Indianapolis the other day, and I like to get out of my truck and walk, so I'll find, you know, if I'm going to go get some food or something, I like to find, you know, a truck stop that's in, like, one of those areas that have either a lot of, like, a shopping center up the street, at least a mile away, so I can walk, give me some exercise in, or I go to a Walmart, usually Walmart got little restaurants sprinkled around. <laughs> So I'm um I walk to the restaurant. It's cool. It's like um this little spot. This little pizza spot. They got like these pizza um they call them pizza muffins, but you get them in like four, eight, and twelve, and they like really small, but they good as a motherfucker. You remember how like they used to have the bagel bites, kind of like that, but gourmet. You know what I'm saying? Um and so I go up there, I eat, I'm chilling. You know, I'm like, all right, let me get back because I need to get some sleep. And I'm walking back. And I see the police lights right here. And I see the person, like, pulling in. Like, I'm walking that way, they pulling in right here. So I stop because when the police turn in, before they even stop, the passenger cop already had his door open. So I'm thinking it's like a drug deal situation or, you know, drunk driver something something crazy nah bro just was aggressive like that and you can only deduce from the situation i mean this is like a low crime area because i wasn't in indianapolis i was probably like 30 miles outside the city so it's a whole bunch of warehouses manufacturing that's why i'm out there you feel me if you're riding along with another cop either you're a rookie or you got mad complaints against you to the point where they got to partner you up with somebody to keep an eye on you. I'm telling you, this young man couldn't have been 19, 20 years old, young Hispanic dude. They didn't pull him directly out the car or nothing like that. He let all the windows down. He shut the car off. He put the four ways on, which means he evidently got somebody in law, law enforcement and his family and the cop, the, the driver cop, um was pretty chill in his demeanor but this fucking other cop big tall ass white boy just aggressive as fuck bro you could just feel the energy bro i was standing probably like 50 feet away i'm just keeping an eye on the situation really really making sure there ain't no black person <laughs> saying like you know what i'm saying we gotta look out for each other especially when it comes to the pigs but I'm I'm sitting here looking. I'm like, bro, this nigga is oozing with aggression, bro. Like, he just wants something to happen. He wants something to pop off. And it's just like, you know, the thing is, is that we understand white supremacy to be a cult, right? 
And so they got their little foot soldiers, and the elites use the police as, you know, their little foot soldiers because they ain't here to protect and serve us. They're here to protect and serve, you know, corporate interests, property, you know, quote-unquote taxpayers, even though we all taxpayers. They're here to serve the people that could pay their, you know, pensions or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, which is still us, but they don't treat us like that. They only care to serve the elites and corporate interests. That's their whole look shtick. And then you have an infiltration of white supremacists in police departments all across America because of the origins of policing being that of slave catchers. And I'm just thinking, like, with that level of aggression... How can you ever... And then the first thing they will do is ask, like, why are you nervous? Like, bro, look how aggressive you being. Like, you, you're you trying to provoke nervousness out of me. And it's like, we got the same news as y'all. So y'all know y'all be out here on bullshit all the time. But it's like, this is the thing, bro. And I would never be fooled by this. Because this isn't, this isn't just a white or black thing when it comes to police. Police are police. They're gang members. You know what I mean? They operate like gang members. They think like gang members. They cover for each other like gang members. That's some blood in, blood out type shit. And it's the, you know, the, the, the thin blue line type vibes. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not really a big fan of police. But I could see how in a fair society, police could be uh, beneficial. But in America... Police are just here to target poor people, bruh, and people of color, and just fucking make their lives a living hell. Because in a situation like that, where a young man pulls over, and he's put all his windows down, which means he's basically making sure that you're safe. He's letting you know, I'm here for your safety, I'm compliant. Still with the aggression, it's like they're looking for something to just tick them off just so they can have an excuse to fuck somebody up or to lock somebody up and be roughhouse them and do all that extra shit. And it's like, how, how do we, how long can we go? Because, you know, you get situations like Uvalde where they don't even go in. So they eager to shoot a motherfucker any other time until it's a motherfucker. They know they're going to shoot back. Then they want to, Oh, we, 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 we got to uh, assess the situation. Like, it's just a piss-ass profession at this point. And on top of that, it's like it doesn't serve the communities or the people at large. And I, it got me to thinking about my last job where, you know, I'm, I'm working with this dude who mom got had a has had a warrant out for the last 12 years, white folks. You know what I'm saying? Growing up with these people, growing up with the cops, you know what I'm saying? Used to work for the fire department, all that type shit. So they got like this brotherhood mentality. So even though his mom has an outstanding warrant, it's a felony warrant. It's a serious charge. I won't divulge the details or nothing like that. She's been cooling for 12 years. And basically, the police told her, like, as long as she stay here, she good. That's... Now, if that ain't a cult, because then this extends past police, and this is just some white boy shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, but... It's it's just like white people have this mentality of we're in control when they are the most controlled. Because you have to realize when you're dealing with a white person, especially one who identifies as right wing or you're dealing with a racist or stuff like that, they are willfully ignorant and delusional to the realities in which we all live in. And the thing is, is that their ignorance benefits them, right? Voting against their own interests, it, it benefits their cult. Because if you keep white people under control, if you keep white people under delusion that they're superior, you can get whatever you want out of them at any given time. And powerful white people, the elite white people of this country, know that. And they use it, they use the skin tone as like a way of saying we're all together. When the reality is like, y'all just going to be my guard dogs for what I'm doing. You know what I mean? They Poor white people are the majority of this country. You understand what I'm saying? Poor or middle class white people. Trust me, I've been all over this country. You got big cities where there's more diverse population. 
um, due to white flight, most big cities are comprised of uh, Latinos and African Americans. And then you got the thousands of cities in the in the state uh, where you got your manufacturing towns, you got your plant towns, um, you got your dead end towns and shit, your farm your farming towns that are comprised of middle class and poor white people. And normally in those towns, they have uh, a family or two with a pretty um, prestigious last name. And everybody knows those are the people with the money, right? And then I'm tra- you travel through these towns and you see all of this land and you know where they got the land from. You know how they're able to keep this industry and keep this wealth. It was handed to them. But the people that they produce for, you know, these bigger corporations needed to be that way because if we keep the production and control of our own, the people that produce the crops, the people that work in these small dead end towns at the plants, if we keep them drunk on whiteness, we'll make money forever. Because the second that somebody says something about capitalism, they're going to say, what are you, a commie? You, you're a communist? Woo, woo, woo. Because they will defend this system off the strength of what it does for them by being white. So while they think they're in control, they're the most controlled. Because the thing is, is if elites ever lose, but if the if the if they leave if they lose the greater white majority in these small towns, these poor white people, if they ever get to the point where they see this country for what it is, if they ever leave the delusion of superiority, because how can you be superior and you you how can how can a white man that's homeless and begging on the corner think he's superior? How can a man that just work at a plant think he's superior? When you see black people shining all the time, when you see the trends all the time, you see your kids talk like us and dress like us. and They know it's not a superior thing. It's like, but that's the only thing they have to hold on to because if not, and they realize that they've been lied to, and they realize they've been a pawn in the game, and they've just been guard guard dogs for greater, uh, greater elite people, who be white, you know, they deal with multinational shit, right? But in this country, it's white men. If they ever was to realize that, then we would actually see some change. The, the fact of m- minorities being the people, you know, they're specific Asian Americans, um, black people and Latinos that are all on the same page as far as wanting to change the system and as far as understanding that the system doesn't benefit the people, especially the people who, you know, move trends, uh, the people who go out and chase that dream and have some type of conscience and empathy for one another and want to see this country be a better place for everyone. If they, if poor whites and middle-class whites ever start thinking like us about the situation... That's when the country is lost. But as long as they have this superiority complex, as long as they have this complex of, like, backing the police, no matter what, because if it's a white cop, I'm go- I got I to ride with him just off the strength that he white. And then you see on the flip side of that, black people like, oh, we so quick to criticize each other and stuff. But it's like black people are quick to criticize anybody that's in the wrong. We don't have that race issue. And the biggest thing with white people in their delusion is that you can tell them the facts. You can point to them the facts. But they can't come to terms with the facts because they live in a lie. They live in a delusion. And it's all they have left. And to think that you live in a country where you've been told and championed and exalted this whole time Something like the Little Mermaid being black triggers you. Something like a rainbow flag on a Bud Light can triggers you. It shows you how childish and how incompetent these people are. But it also shows how much their growth has been stunted. And this is when they talk about, oh, I want a world of, the, I, I want to live, you know, the, the best generation was this generation. And they're talking about people in the 40s and 50s. 
It's because they feel like this is when we were peak innovative and peak racist. You know, post-slavery, the peak of the race, that was the peak of their racism. You know what I mean? That was the, it, 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 it was public, public. You know what I mean? This is right before civil rights and everything. This is like, you know, the last years of them having complete, complete dominant control. And I just think it's funny to see it play out all the time. It's like they're so easily triggered. It's a it's a childish thing. So I say again that while they think that they're in control, they're the most control. And you got people like this cop out here that's just looking for a reason. And how superior do you, can you be if if you have to look for these problems? Because I know me, somebody that I know I'm better than can't bother me. But that is a purposeful, stunted growth. So the status quo will remain the same. Um, like me personally, I don't really have energy enough in my day to be out here like hating white people because that issue is not my own. I don't have a race issue. And I think they know that about most people of color they try to call us racist when we call hold them accountable for their actions and that's their way of you know continually deflecting it's a narcissistic tactic gaslight you make it feel like you're the problem all of a sudden now black people are being called racist in droves for trying to uh, holding white people accountable is the new racist you make me feel bad you're making me feel guilty and that stems from, one, them knowing the truth about what this country is and how they even got into this position that they're in now. Um, and experiencing the privilege and the experiences, the freedoms that they have that everybody else has to walk on eggshells around. But two, they know that black people and other people of color don't trust them. And for some reason, that is offensive to them but it's like they don't even trust other white people if they not openly racist and bigoted like they go hard against joe biden because joe biden is a reminder of the obama era and a reminder of a time when they weren't the face of this country and they had to go into the shadows donald trump brought them out in the shadows crazier and more delusional than ever like I'm watching um I can't think of this name this dude named Jordan something uh worked for the Daily Show. And he's talking about how he, he went to a, the first Trump rally um since he's announced his uh new run for second run for presidency, right? Or what is, it will be his third run. But um he's out there and they're saying he's still the president. But he's just the president of the military and Joe Biden is the face. Now, then how can he run again if he's still the president? This will be the end of his second term and he can't be president anymore. So that already doesn't make sense. Then they say, well, what about the military that gives weapons to Ukraine? And they say, these people are saying, oh, there's two militaries. There's a good military. It's just like, you can't fix that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is the thing. Like, and I this is why I don't really spend a lot of time on my pages and stuff, like ever explaining things to white people or really even publicly trying to hold white people accountable. It's like, got it. I already understand what racism and white supremacy is. They are completely checked out of reality because if they ever tap into reality, they know that like given a fair shake at things a lot of them are going to be completely inferior to the greater population but it doesn't mean that white people will become irrelevant um there are plenty of intelligent white people there are plenty of innovative um white people there are plenty of white people that are going to do great things regardless of racism there's going to be white people that do great things regardless of the already given advantages because they're human beings and human beings are capable of anything. Um, but if given a fair shake, 
they know that a lot of their black counterparts would surpass them. They know that a lot of Hispanic counterparts and Asian counterparts will surpass them. A lot of their Muslim counterparts will um, surpass them. A lot of people in general will get a fair shake. And it won't be just based off nepotism and the color of their skin. And, you know, we live in a deeply racist country. And unfortunately, we, we are in the minority of wanting things to change. Because things changing first starts with acknowledgement. You know, there's a lot of black people that live in Germany and say how, fuck, man, my nose, bro. There's a lot of black people that live in Germany and will tell you how great it is and how, you know, they don't have to think about the color of their skin when they go places. But Germany, regardless of their atrocities, came to terms with their atrocities, admitted their wrongdoing, teach about their wrongdoing, and give out reparations to Jews. Still to this day. Now, no Jews alive today are were actively affected by the Holocaust in a, in a way that they had to endure concentration camps. But there's never, ever a thing of saying to them, well, y'all didn't go through it, so why should y'all get a check? You know what I mean? The only time reparations are an issue is when it comes to black Americans, because if you give black Americans a fair shake, we've already shown the world what we can do with nothing. Um, against immeasurable obstacles and immense oppression, you've seen what black people do with nothing. So give black people a fair shake and even the odds and with them what will they be capable of well let's be honest black people are humans too and a lot of a lot of well some black people will fuck it up a lot of black people will ride their way into you know coast their way into the middle of society and middle class and they'll live a comfortable life. They'll live a life without stress. Who otherwise wouldn't get opportunities um, to even be able to live a comfortable life. But a lot of black people are going to be off to the fucking races. How many black people have great ideas with no capital and can't get along? How many black people can't afford to go to that school that they want to to go to that could really accentuate their intelligence or their positives how many black people will help fund HBCUs to be where it's at help build up HBCUs into being the, some of the best colleges in the country as they once were so the thing is is that you know I just saw that situation and it just got me to thinking about how we live amongst people in a completely different reality than us. And it's best to just protect yourself and understand that these are the people that are completely controlled by the system. When you talk about the matrix, I mean, these are the people that are knee, no, neck deep in the matrix. Some of them are so far gone they in a completely other matrix. So, you know, I would say I, I want black people to always be hopeful and remain hopeful and remain voices of change. But don't fall for the okie doke. You know, don't be like people that, you know, go um, like that tart situation. You know, I, I think it, I think the healthiest thing you can do is remove your trust. Because why would you trust them? Trust is earned, bro. It's not a right. Why? What? What? What have they ever done to garner any trust from us? And not even individual to individual. On a mass level, 
Because you can know a white person that's cool. That's a, that's a good person. People are good on an individual basis. You know, person to person, people are pretty decent people. Most of them have an interesting perspective on the world. It's when they get into groups that they become a problem. What has the greater white society ever done to garner any trust on black people? I won't run down the list. Just let you think about that. And... Why, why, why is there such an effort for, why is it such an effort, but also so easy for us to mistrust each other when we're all we got? These are just questions that I want people to ask themselves. So easy to mistrust each other. And we can run down the list of things that we've done to one another, right? But then when it comes to them, everything's in the past. Well, Who's who's that thinking beneficial to? Because it ain't you. Like when I made that joke on the last part about Christians, the plot of the the whole thesis of that is just how homophobic Christians are, and then just to shit on alpha males, whoever thinks with that mentality. But also, you know, this lady came um, on my post and she was like. You need to take this down. I know your mother would be appalled. And I said, my mother is dead. So I don't think she would really care. And then she said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this is just comedy. All comedy has some truth in it. Um, the thing is, is that, you know, you think about any systems... Go to a black neighborhood and you see all these churches and no banks and no hospitals. And I think, like, if there was ever a moment where we would just pause and really think about what our surroundings look like. There's three churches for every home. No, no. There's three churches damn near every block and then there's two liquor stores on every block and there's no hospitals and there's no banks and then you look at how unhealthy our community is and in some cases how poor our community is And then you look at people like your uncle or your aunt or your cousin who gets addicted to liquor, but has never been to the doctor. Don't know how to write a check, even though that's kind of an irrelevant practice. It's just to piggyback on this conversation. Those things are purposeful. And I won't harp on... We know that we've had independence before. We know that our neighborhoods were basically under attack, which is a civil war. It's the civil war that never gets talked about. All the black towns that were burnt and destroyed and put under lakes and or written off in history. That's civil war. But since they went and didn't want us a part of their society, that's not something that they're going to talk about. So, just thinking about that. I know I just rambled on for like 20 minutes, but I think it's a necessary conversation to have about how you are living in this rational, tangible reality based on facts. And the people that need to be aware of reality the most live in a complete delusion. Completely delusional. Speaking of delusional, 
I like that. Uh, I like that sprinkle, sprinkle lady. I don't know why people are so. I, I mean, I I do know, but this is the part where I say, speaking of delusional, if you don't like somebody on the internet, you have the option to block them, never see their content again. And you don't like them. And you know that all engagement is good engagement, whether positive or negative. You're amplifying that person's voice. And you still choose to stitch them, remix them, tag them. Do you dislike them or not? It's so weird to me. that we will amplify those who we are against. Now, me, I don't have a problem with the lady. I think she's giving out game for those who that game applies to. And regardless of whether you like it or not, men and women, it's there. She has the right and the freedom to do it. And I think she's pretty funny. Um, and for those who listen to her, they're going to listen to her. And trying to shame people away from something that they like or believe in is a aimless plight. Much like the last 20 minutes I've been speaking, I'm only speaking to black people because white people would not want to hear that. So I don't direct my intentions or my actions towards them. And, you know, I really just don't deal with them at all because it's aimless plight. Um, if her whole thing is like how to get money out of men, well, there's two people automatically ruled out of that conversation. Men without money and women who don't just chase men for money. So then let that conversation exist amongst those who it applies to. Because you're amplifying. Now, you have your own page. You stitch this lady or you make a video about this lady and you send it out to all your followers who may or may not have ever heard of this lady. Then they go click on her page and they like what she says. Well, you just brought her more followers. You just boosted her engagement up. But somebody that you would agree with, somebody that you do like, somebody that you do agree with, you just comment. You just like it. You won't post it. You won't stitch it. You won't do edit. Most people only are stitching and duetting things they disagree with. And some amplify those who they do agree with. But in the greater society, we direct a lot of attention and energy to things we don't like. Self-included. I do it from time to time. I just check myself on it. Um... Some things you can't, uh, you know, bad parents and somebody's got to protect the kids. That's the least protected section of society. So when it comes to the babies and bad parents, and I'm always going to speak out against that. But what's the big deal? I mean, Kevin Samuels is telling you niggas to get your money up because of women like that. Because if you want the girl... That has her nails done, hair done, and stuff like that all the time. Those clones of society. You know what I mean by that? All got the same body, same lace fronts, same nail length, same sense of style and fashion, same mentality, which there's nothing wrong with. Because plenty of men want those women. And you know that these are materialistic women and more than likely if you don't have a bag, you can't fuck with them. Then what are you mad about? 
Do you think that you can shame them into wanting to deal with a broke person? You can't. It's more shameful on your end because now you are admitting you broke and that ain't nothing nobody wants to admit because nobody is proud of poverty. And, you know, Kevin Samuels was doing the same thing and I've told y'all before that his death left a vacuum on the internet, but from what I've heard, she's been around for like six or seven years. And you could dig up whatever dirt you want about people like that, but... What is the point? You looking for genuine love and genuine connection. And this lady said one thing that I really, really did agree with. And I'm going to take into account. Why play fair in an unfair world? I love that. Because I'm not an idealistic person. And I preach this to y'all all the time to stop being idealistic. To be rooted in reality. We don't live... And people tell you this all the time. Life ain't fair. And I, uh, nine times out of ten, the people that get fucked over is the people that play fair. Now, am I going to advocate for fucking over and harming and exploiting the next person? Never. But what I am saying is get in where you fit in and do what you do. And... If your shtick is fucking with niggas for, for money and getting what you can get out of them, cool. Because me saying something about it ain't going to stop you doing it. And niggas with money, I don't know if y'all ever been or been around people with money. There have been times in my past and near present, I've had plenty of money. And I spend it all the same. If I'm buying you a drink, it's not anything special. I'm doing it because I can. Only reason it would stress me, I don't think, I never have thought about it like this thing of like you're taking advantage. No, I want to share the wealth because I got it. That's how anybody with money is. Some people are greedy and stingy, yes, but even greedy and stingy people. If they see an opportunity to use their money to their advantage to get their way, they will. They don't say money talks and bullshit walks for no reason. Now, is every man in this country going to be rich? No. Does every woman in this country care about having a rich man? No. So won't you go find those people? What is people's problem with being amongst friends? People spend a lot of time invested in their enemies. People spend a lot of their time arguing and debating with people they don't agree with, which is the only reason for debate anyway. You have your point of view, I have mine. That's a human thing. Um, but on a place where you control everything, like social media you control everything you control who you follow you control what you see and what you don't see why devote your time to things that you don't like and don't want to see why don't you just go like live in a bubble on the internet bro because truly and honestly Nothing makes me, gives me the ick more than seeing a black person that oh, their entire source of content is rebuttaling white people who are racist, who say racist things. Anybody with common sense can see that that person is racist and they're completely out of their mind. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to get them to have a heart? Are you trying to humanize yourself in their eyes? And if the answer to those things are yes, why do you care? That is a tool of white supremacy. Needing them to see your humanity. Begging them to see your value. You do that for yourself. You were born with value. You were born with humanity. You're arguing with a brick wall. 
Same thing can be said about Sprinkle Sprinkle or anybody that doesn't like Kevin Samuels or any of those things. People claim not to like Kevin Samuels and stuff, but yet it was droves of women going up there knowing, go up there with bonnets, go up there with their hair not done, go up there overweight, knowing he's going to say something about him being overweight. It's like a kink, it's like a shame, a kink shame, like their, their kink is being shamed. And then get on the internet and talk shit about him doing it when you know that's what he does. And every time you talk shit about him, you make him more famous. And I think that he who angers you controls you, right? White people are controlled. White wingers and the rednecks and the anti-intellectuals are controlled by anything that looks like progress. So black people being leads in Disney movies triggers them. Because I have to see myself. I need to see myself so I know that I'm in control. Well, if you need it like that, you know it's not true. Women that don't agree with Kevin Samuels but yet go on his thing is... I, you can't tell me I'm not beautiful. You can't shame me for being fat. We're body positive. Well, why are you talking to somebody who's not? Sprinkle, sprinkle, lady. Get money out these niggas. And, and, and. This is whole culture. Y'all are trying to merge whole culture with dating culture. And this is not the way to have sustainable relationships. So why are you there? Do you think that your word is gold? Do you think that by saying something, you're going to change somebody's mind? No. You're going to have people that agree with you? Of course. You're going to have people that didn't even know who this person existed before. Now they're fans. You're going to have people that don't give a fuck. I've seen people talking about her. I listened. I watched some videos for like 30 minutes. Pretty interesting shit. It's just player shit. It's, re it's reverse pimping. That's equality. Niggas pimp bitches all the time. There's a profession of it. There's a there's a there's an industry of it. I don't agree with pimping. I could never see myself degrading and gaslighting and just basically stealing a woman's value and sanity from her to the point where I control everything she does and she sells her body for me to make money. I could never see myself doing that. I don't argue with pimps because there's, what are you going to say to them? Are you going to make them see the value in women? The true essence of a woman? They're goddesses? Man, that bitch a hoe. Two things I ain't never seen. A turtle with speed and a bitch I need. That's how they think. What am I talking to them for if I don't agree with it? Because regardless of whether I agree with it or not, there are still prostitutes. So even if I don't agree with him. The woman he pimping does. I'm going to go out there and save every prostitute in the world that doesn't exist. She's going to go back. She's going to milk you for what you got. And if you ain't got it no more, she's going back because that is what she does. Stop trying to rid the world of negativity and evil because it's, it's, it's an evil world. It's an evil world. It's getting worse by the day. It is what it is. If you don't got a little evil in you, you're going to be disappointed. I'm not all good all the time. I got bad traits. I have a balance. I can get on some fuck shit if I want to. But I have a balance. And the things that I want in life don't align with evil. But... Some people are molded in that. 
some people are molded in negativity. Some people are molded in toxic environments. And they're so molded and shaped by it, they go in the world and they emulate it. Is that my battle? You know, I was talking about when I had tried to defend this girl from getting beat up by her dad and he almost shot me. Everybody was saying the same thing. Don't get yourself killed over no shit like that. So then what is the what's the point? If the threat of me dying is more important than justifiably protecting a woman. And everybody criticized me for trying to protect her. Nobody said anything about the guy that wanted to kill me and was beating on his daughter. Which means we are in a place where self-preservation is imminent. So, we're in a place of survival. And when you're in a place of survival, that means you save as little people as possible. You save yourself and you save your family. And you let everybody else sort out their own problems. Because even if that's not how you want the world to be... That's how it is. And I'm done trying to see it for something that is not. This world is, it, 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 it's shit. The world we live in is racist. We're dealt a bad hand. But that is mostly amplified on the internet. If you're really outside, for the most part, when you meet people, they won't just outright disrespect you. Whether they have other ideals or not and I usually align myself with people who think like and fuck with me for who I am and I do the same you can create a world and where you experience a lot of love and positivity and there's no room for fighting the world's battles in that place because you fight a, 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 a losing battle for one there's a lot of bloodshed to get this world like this there's a lot of blood on this land that we live on. And it's probably going to take blood shed. To get it where we want it to be. And I'm not. And I know a lot of people aren't just trying to shed no blood because they got like a hundred years on us in the plan, you know, maybe even more. You go buy all the fucking guns you want and a nigga in Nevada with an Xbox controller will blow your house to smithereens. So if we get to a place Where we accept the world for what it is, right? And we continually, rightfully keep ourselves righteous, right? That's the hardest thing to do, is keep yourself righteous. You can speak out on things that you don't agree with. I wouldn't suggest making that your personality. Because what do you want to be represented as? The thing You want to be represented as the person that's always talking about what they don't like? Or do you want to be the person that's walking around, talking, walking, acting, and being around people, places, and things that you do like? A bum can find peace because a bum is accepting of the fact that he's a bum. So he deals with other bums. He doesn't try to protest business because he doesn't have a job. He doesn't go to HOA meetings and raise hell because he doesn't have a house. The peace comes from, hey, this is where I'm at. This is who I'm around. And if I'm always thinking about whose fault it is why I'm here, I'm never going to know any peace.
We're only here for a short time. And if you look at the history of this country, people came over here with a plan. And they've passed that plan down and that plan has persisted and there are outliers. There are people who's going to do great regardless. And there are conspiracies that say that people have to do something a little wicked to have that success. But regardless of whether you believe that or not, people who are who get success are deserving of it <sighs> because if they weren't deserving of it why would they have it is it an unfair world yes did they inherit something from their father yes but their father felt they deserved it are people criminals did people cheat to get it yes but this is the system they set up so in their eyes they deserve it well, the greater majority of people that are wrong and oppressed agree with that? No. Do I agree with it? Not necessarily. I understand. I know what the reality of it is. So I don't concern myself with it. I concern with myself with my wife, my kids, and my circle. I concern myself with my plight. I'm doing this because I want to do this. I enjoy doing it. And I would just suggest that I know knowing that life is hard, take a deep breath. Understand you're only here for a little bit. My grandma used to say, when you're in a lion's mouth, you got to ease your way out. When you see an insect stuck in a spider web, the more they struggle, the more that they get caught up. The more attention they give to the spider that's eventually going to wrap them up, you get step in some quicksand, quicksand. The more you struggle, the deeper you sink, you feel like you start drowning. The more you panic, the closer you get to death. Hey, I don't write the rules. What I'm going to say is fucking take a break. Take a break from the Internet. Take a break from the woes of the world. Take a deep breath. Get outside, touch some grass, figure out what you should be grateful for. We all have things in our life that we should have gratitude for. I'm grateful that I get to be on this truck, making money, providing for my family. I get to do this podcast. I have the tools to do it. I have people that support me doing it and tune in and watch. I have my health. I have, a, I have my mind intact. And I have people that love me. If I want to break all of that down and say, well, I got a podcast, but I don't get a lot of views. So, <laughs> well, I'm making money on the road, but I don't get to see my face. <laughs> you know, I always find something negative. But what is the big picture? What do you want your life to look like? Honestly. Not what the world told you it should look like. Keep it simple. Have a big dream. And your pathway to that dream will more than likely be small, obtainable, rational goals. I used to want to be a rapper. I was listening to my music today and I was like, Man, my music was so good. And I don't, more people should hear this. And then you start getting out, well, maybe I need to, it is what it is. Hey, every song I ever made, I enjoyed doing it. The people that listened to it enjoyed listening. I lost love for it. And not because it wasn't successful. And there's a lot of things that come with that music industry shit. People, it's so it's such an ego-based thing that producers, engineers see you getting shine and feel like it should be them instead of just doing their fucking job. Then, like, my producer, he a real nigga. He, I fuck with him. But he went through some real-life shit. 
People going through real life. And I had to make a, a mindful and a conscious decision and say, hey, brother, this isn't moving the needle. But when I was getting on TikTok, running my mouth, giving my perspective, giving my point of view, people was fucking with it. It was moving the needle. Finally, the attention that I felt like I deserved. The shine, the light, the look, I was getting it. Every post, start a podcast, start a podcast. And I was telling people, no, I don't want to do that. Because I've never thought about doing that. And then I was like, well, what is... And then I started putting... Well, I'm still using my voice effectively. Same thing like with rap. Just using my voice. Still get to put my words together and people listen. Let's give it a go. And I'll do this until I fall out of love with it. I haven't even... I don't even love it yet. I kind of like it. I get my ass up and I do it. Because I get an enjoyment out of it. And all these thoughts that I get to sit with, I get to cycle through them. I get to go through them. And the same thing can be said for you. I'm not rich. I'm not the fucking sexiest nigga in the world. I ain't the tallest nigga in the world. I ain't none of the all the things that people chase being or say that you should be. I'm just fucking me and I love myself. And it took me a long time to love myself because I was taught to hate myself. Taught to second guess myself, taught to question myself, question if I even deserve success, question if I would ever be able to take care of my family, question if I would ever have money and know what to do with it, question all, all my behaviors, question my thoughts, and then question why I'm questioning my thoughts. It took me a long time to get to this place, but I will tell you that I love myself. And if, if there is a focus in your life on loving yourself, flaws and all, then you are already 10 steps ahead of the next person that doesn't. <sighs> the next person that is caught up in this world and constantly altering and changing themselves to be a part of it. Check out. <clears throat> I think it's a very egotistical, narcissistic, and very American thing to think that you were placed here to change it instead of experience it and find your place in it. We're all given gifts and talents and certain perspectives and we're here to use those things. And it just so happens the thing that people have enjoyed about me my entire life was my voice. People always like talking to me. I always run into people that love to talk. Because I love to talk. And I like people. And when I say people, I genuinely mean people. I've always been able to make people laugh. And people say, oh, you should do stand-up. Well, I'm not going to give up a sure thing for stand-up comedy. 32 years old. Be 33 in a little over a month. I don't have time to go back to being poor to chase a dream. It's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to use what I got to get what I want. And I hope that you do the same thing. Uh, we're going to enter the buff zone. This is for all my movie buffs. This is called the buff zone. I'm going to do Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> This movie is called Resurrection on Hulu with Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth. Now, you might remember Rebecca Hall from The Town. She was the bank teller. And you might know Tim Roth from Lie to Me and Reservoir Dogs. This movie is fucking nuts. Okay? This movie is fucking nuts. Honestly, I have to watch it again uh, to really tell you what the fuck it means. Because the way that it ended, I don't know what the fuck was. I was completely blown. Like I was like, what the fuck? It's an amazing movie. I won't tell you anything about it because that would be lame. I would say go watch it. And email me about it. 
<laughs> boy, I want y'all to email me so bad, boy. I want the emails bad. I want to give people advice. You know what I'm saying? Get your life. You want to get your life together? Hit me up, man. Hit me the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? You got insights on the pod? You just want to show niggas some love? Hit me up. Email me. If you have a black business, if you have music, if you have art, if you have anything that you are trying to push into the world, I will promote it for free. I won't charge you anything. The only thing that I will tell you is that it will be at my discretion. Don't take it personal. Everything in for everybody, okay? If you send me a song and I don't like it, I'm not going to play it. If you send me a business and you don't got you gonna got your shit together, you ain't got a website, you ain't got. I, there's nothing tangible. People gotta hit you up and DM you for shit. I'm not doing it. Unless you like a barber or a stylist or some shit like that. That's the only time I could see. But even then, if you got all them fucking restrictions on all that goddamn, well, you gotta you gotta show up an hour and fifteen minutes early, and you gotta give me fifty percent and fifty percent when you walk in the door. I'm not promoting that. I'm not doing that. But I will do it for free. Because I love you. So. I've been listening to... I, I wish I, I would play this song. But I know I can't play it on... Um, I know I can't play it on YouTube. And I probably won't listen to Spotify. But my song of the day is... Method Man featuring Fred Durst from Limp Bizkit in Together Now. That shit is a bop. Be well. Take care of yourselves. And each other. <laughs>